0: What's up, Videolanders? I'm Brad, and with me tonight is my wingman. Cousin Wayne. And guest wingman. Matt. And Kyle. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com. We're not even through the dot com and you're laughing your ass off. What's going on? <laughs> I'm just having a good time already. Am I not allowed to have a little fun here at the table? Okay. You can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on Notsy our Facebook <laughs> at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude. You're goddamn right we are. Sometimes we say, you're goddamn right we are. And
1: uh yeah, again, Christmas is right around the corner, and we're gonna end up on the naughty list because we're probably gonna say cock and balls and and vagina. Anything and, Western and, themed with a the fuck uh, behind it. Uh, huckleberry. Is, <laughs> is that offensive?
0: Huckleberry.
1: <laughs>
2: Howdy ho, motherfuckers! You got one? Uh, I'm gonna go
0: shoot a midget. Whoa. Okay, uh, <laughs> well, not offensive language, just weird. You got anything offensive, Matt, so we can just break the ice. Ooh, yippee uh, Dirty Whore <laughs> <laughs> Nice Welcome to the oh, yeah, okay. uh-huh. Welcome back <laughs> uh-huh. And spoiler alert uh,
2: You know, two of these movies came out in the 60s So get up off your dead uh-huh. ass And go watch a goddamn western if you haven't <laughs> The other one came ass. out in 93 uh, You know, seriously, just Watch some more fucking movies you haven't seen. These, so, <laughs> yeah. spoiler
0: alert. Or go fucking hang yourself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hang them high, hang them low. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you want to donate to Operation Weatherproof, you can do so by going to the website and pressing that little PayPal link. That would be great. Uh, we are currently on phase two, which is the lighting phase. Uh, you want to talk about the lighting phase, Kyle? Why is it so Im- fucking important to have lights in here?
1: Because um, I can't see your beautiful face all the time. Thank you, sir. No, I mean, we, got, we have like... <laughs> We used to have Christmas lights in here, and now we just got two overhead lights and like a fucking floor lamp in the corner. <laughs> I think <laughs> they like, desk lights with clamps yeah, on them. Like, yeah. mm. The lighting's in here worse since we fixed the, the roof. <laughs> um, you know, it's a lot warmer in here, it, oh it's, it's a lot
2: God. better looking. But, God damn, there's light. Yeah, the, lighting, the lighting sucks <laughs> yeah. dick, if that is
1: possible. I like to take pictures in here. And we got to see each mm-hmm. other, and we got to read our notes. That's
0: important it. that you say that. I have not yeah. done pictures at the bar. the lighting is fucking garbage. Because the lighting is garbage. So, we need to fix that. Right now, we roughly have, I think, about $300 um, at a $450. So, $450. This is our big stage. This is yeah. our big stage. The rest of it's not that bad. It's like $300 and $200 yeah. for a 3 and 4 So, if we get past this hump... It is all golden after that. So um, I'm gonna go and th- uh, throw in 20 night. Any donations from you guys at the table? Oh yeah, I got 20 there. If I had some cash, I'd toss it in. You throw him, but... that in a Vader helmet? Yeah. I got Ooh. some change. I'm gonna make that rain. You're like a Salvation <laughs> Army bucket. Yeah. Can I? Can someone just fucking dump that in? I'm knocking the goddamn microphone. You, you hear that? You know, it sucks to ask. But that's how yeah. we get shit yeah. fixed. You may not be able to
2: hear this, but I'm putting a 10 in Vader's head. Oh, <laughs> <nothing>. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Um, every, every dollar helps. Um. Thank you. Just throw shit on the floor. Kyle. We need a new trash can, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: such phase three. 475 no. is what I'm mean, up to
0: you now. Phase three is the fucking ceiling. <laughs> trash can is phase nah. five. Oh, <laughs>
2: my bad, my bad.
0: But you know, at the top of this episode, um, I want to give a special shout out. I mean, everyone at this table has thrown in some money. Uh, Kyle, you've been a big help. I'm not going to put the dollar amount out there, but you really uh, helped uh, push this forward. Um, one of the first donations. Um, but someone I want to give a huge shout out to is Heidi Johnson. Hmm? Never met Heidi. Uh, she's never been in the studio. She has never used the microphone. She's never came into the studio. let fix that. Let's get her in here. Yeah, she's, no she's never <laughs> recorded an episode. She gives about 20 to 25 bucks a week. That's
2: very so awesome. That, <laughs> that is very generous. Thank you, Heidi.
0: That is very genuous. It is genuine. genuine. Is it genuine? genuine? I was going to say Generous Yes Thank thank you Matt Very generous (laughs) Very generous It's Um, genuine Generous (laughs) You are a badass Motherfucker (laughs) Um, And we we need More badass Motherfuckers uh, So we can get The lights on So we can put The ceiling up Uh, So have Richard Come back Richard did a great Job in here Um, It looks great This is your first Night uh, in the studio Since the installation Yeah it is It It
2: looks great I I, I can already Even just feel An improvement And and just the warmth How cold would
0: Your
1: feet and balls Be right now Oh I would be So bundled up Oh yeah the Uh old place
2: I'd be like hey, welcome to you know tonight's rehearsals you know it'd just no. be horrible and you know a lot of the sound is blocked out too from the outside it is mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's brought great. down the echo a little it bit it has too. it has it's he did a great job it money well spent I think
0: yeah it's, so I always try to do um, thirty to fifty a week I think that's a pretty good you know a dose of money coming into the studio that um, if we can get thirty to fifty bucks a week. We can get shit done. Just every couple of months, maybe In a reasonable time. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, so we met our goal tonight of 30. So, uh, we're good there. So, um, all right, Video Land, let's cut the bullshit. If this is your first Versus episode, then welcome to Versus. Versus is AV's fight club of sorts, where we put two movies against each other and see who comes out the victor. God damn it, Wayne. Well, you always say that. You always say it, and (laughs) Wayne's always like, we're doing three movies tonight. (laughs) Yeah. We're doing three movies tonight. Thank you. I'm sorry. Is it so bad that I want you to be correct? You're always ten feet up my ass about it. So what we call this is the Thunderdome of movie watching, where two movies enter and only one movie leaves. Or in this case, Cousin Wayne...
2: It's nothing like the Thunderdome. It's
0: nothing like the Thunderdome. And the it's three just,
2: movies. Will be what do you there. want to
0: call it when it's a three-way? Uh, how about a fucking freeway? A menage a trois. <laughs> a
3: menage a trois. A movie menage a trois. What's the old what's,
0: what's the title of one of the old prison movies where they all fuck and they <laughs> where they all fuck and they all they all fuck and they try to beat up the prison guards. I don't watch as much gay porn as you. Do no, <laughs> it's The seventies like black exploitation prison as movies. As much.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you still get <laughs> <started laughs> to watching? Matt, nah, one of the one are the, what are the uh, sex movies called I like in the, the, the seventies. Classics. Greenhouse. Well, yeah, porn. They still call um, it porn. Please, wasn't
0: the the big bird cage? You want to call it the bird cage? The Thunderdome? No. You know what? Let's just stick with your fucking. We'll call <laughs> it a menage a trois. We'll call a it a movie menage a trois. Like yes. Okay. <laughs> so tonight we got this uh, menage a trois movie watching. We're three movies We're in. They're gonna here. fuck mercilessly. <laughs> <of> the <laughs> <fight. laughs> They're gonna fuck to the death, but only one will not get fucked to death. It'll leave. It'll leave and it'll be the winner. Uh, we use Versus to examine and discuss films. We, go ahead and get that out of your system. You want to cough again? Oh, I'm it's going to happen Hold a on. lot.
1: I'm, I'm coming off a cold, so you're going to hear a lot of coughs tonight.
0: And you know, we're going to stop there for a second. Um, we were going to do this episode last night. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, you couldn't make it to the studio. Um, you had the flu? Yeah, it was 75 degrees in my house. I had a heater on me that was blowing 80
1: degree heat. I was under two blankets. I was wearing a sweatshirt in bed. And I was freezing my fucking ass off, like still, and like it was it was miserable. And I finally that fever finally like I started sweating yeah. and it broke. Like I was gonna call you the Michael night.
0: Jordan of AV mm-hmm. if you if you were to come to the studio and you're gonna no. record, push through it. You know, did you no. watch that game back in the day? I no. You ever but I know, the I, know highlights, right? I know it. But yeah. now you're just a big pussy. Yeah. <laughs> you're here on day two. Yeah. Well we're day glad two. your vagina feels better. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So we use this versus um, to examine and discuss films that we've needed to see or haven't seen in a while. We recognize a genre director's achievements by forming a list of categories. The various category winners are awarded Golden Idols, and the film with the most Golden Idols wins. Pretty fucking simple, right, Cousin White? It sounds simple to me. So, uh, this versus model has helped us understand filmmaking and change the way we watch movies. Don't you agree with that?
2: Absolutely. Oh, wholeheartedly. Uh, it's just amazing. When I watch movies now, it's amazing what I look for automatically that I never looked for before. You know, and the way I, I judge them, I look at locations, I look at what actors do and what, I look at special effects. I, I just soak so much more of it in now.
0: Has it helped
3: you figure your guys' self out as video landers, as a person? Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's- I mean... Nowadays, when I'm breaking down my, like, my Pantheon reviews, I have to do it by element, like location and cinematography and score and et cetera, et cetera. So even if I'm not doing it by category, like writing it out, just thinking how to plan that in the review. So Yeah, and
0: yeah, that, it was my personal film school, kind of like yeah. when I started. This is like, what makes me uh, a video lander and how do I... Uh... How do I know what is, what's my favorite movie in the genre? You know, like now at this point, I know what my favorite war movie is. I, not just off of nostalgia, too. I've We've yeah. broken movies down mm-hmm. to find out, you know, what really works, what clicks. Um, so has this, have you uh, figured yourself I mean, out? Absolutely. There's not a marathon or verses that we haven't done, I don't think. Maybe,
1: maybe a couple of verses here and there. But where there hasn't been a movie in it that I haven't seen before. Like, there's always something new being brought to me. And it's, you know... Like, this task that I have to watch these new movies. With this one, I had never seen Tombstone before.
0: So oh, this is wow. my cool. first viewing of Tombstone. I can't uh, wait to hear what you think about that, too. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, so, guys, we are back in the saddle for one more episode um, versus or menage trois <laughs> episode um, this year. About a month ago, we did our... What was then last versus episode of twenty seventeen? Uh, we recorded our Toy Story three way. Um, the original Toy Story won the Golden Niles and went on to make pantheon status. You guys happy about that? Very I, cool. and now I would just like to see the other two win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, and I kind of agreed with uh, your. was the, the only no vote. But you know what? Like sometimes you read those, you're like, you <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you know, but I, I get where you're coming from yeah. because yeah. when I was at the end of that conversation. I, you know, I was like, I want all three of them in myself. You know, so it was I legit free... what
2: you said for mm. sure. Yeah, I,
0: I appreciate mm. that. So, uh, but Toy Story three did make it in. Um, I think it's like our number 13th, 14th movie. I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. to see where mm-hmm. Pantheon goes this year. We have uh, twelve nominations this year. I'm super excited I about mean, that. And ne-
1: next year is the year of the classics too. So, like, <laughs> We're
0: pretty these are awesome. heavy hitting movies. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. gonna be
1: hard to see what goes mm-hmm. in, what doesn't. Yeah,
0: yeah but let's cool. rewind uh, real quick for a few minutes and give some clarity to why we decided decided to do a western three-way in December With nothing relative attached to it Because we we went ahead Hateful Eight sucked so bad (laughs) We thought we we
2: would single-handedly Revive the western genre here at Videoland
0: I just, you hate Tarantino For the most part (laughs) I like Tarantino, I find things to like about Hateful Eight That's not why we're doing it, so fuck him (laughs) (laughs) That movie came out two fucking years ago So it's still not relevant Still not relevant at all, man Well, what have you got, asshole? So, two years ago... (laughs) 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 What a fucking coincidence. Goddamn. I thought it out, okay? I got something special Two years ago, we had uh, the Versus and Marathon Golden Idols. Okay, but we had no website, no council, and uh, we had no pantheon. So, golden idol winners never got their chance to make pantheon status. Okay, so instead of just uh, going to the council and being like, you know, they signed up for nominations and verses and marathons that mm-hmm. were relevant and current. You know, it's kind of a that, that's a task already. I yeah. just didn't want to dump. Here's ten movies from two years ago because we didn't have a <laughs> you know a, a council. But I want to look back at the website. And I want every Golden Idol winner to have a chance. Yeah. All nice. right. <clears throat> um, so I think that's that's what we're trying to do here. So with that said, again, I just want to give winners of those marathons and versus <clears throat> a free pass after two years. So I decided to talk about uh, the top two or three winners from Pacific episodes uh, with new voices at the table. That's why you three here tonight, because the marathon episode um, for this one that we're doing, um, I was a part of. I'm removing myself, bringing the three new voices at the table. Um, And we're going to see if the Golden Idol uh, winner from the Western Marathon can win again. All right. I think that's. Do you like that system? I do. Like yeah, Instead of just dropping them, the Golden Idol winners on a council, yeah. I think that's a better yeah. way. Let's do it all again. It, and it we does. get to talk about the movies again. Yeah. That was two years ago. A lot yeah. has changed. Um, I said tonight, like, you know, don't even bring me into this conversation tonight at all. It's been two fucking years since I've watched the movies that we're talking about tonight. And I got nothing to offer. It's not for us viewing. You know, mm-hmm. you guys watched it. So I'm curious, very curious, uh, to see if uh, you guys line up with the Marathon Men. Mm-hmm. Two fucking years ago. It's going to be really exciting for me to sit back. Um, so hopefully this will gunshot um, a, a trend for 2018. Um, two years ago, we did an MCU marathon. All right. Winter Soldier won. Okay. But Winter Soldier didn't get its uh, its day in the spotlight. There was no council, no website, no Pantheon. Right. So uh, what I would like to do, uh, we've talked about this previously, maybe yeah. in 2019, maybe in 2018, mm-hmm. do a phase one. Mm-hmm. Best of Phase Two, Phase Three, and then have a three-way at the end from all those three phases. Yeah. Okay. Menage a trois. Mm -hmm. MCU three-way. Another one we did two years ago. Iron Man does with Captain America. (laughs) Another one that we did two years ago was a Mad Max marathon. I cannot be a part of that one, sadly. Yeah, you can't. So, ro- and be- you sound be- really happy about that. Well, neither can <laughs> I. Neither can Thank I. Thank God. Yeah, so I can't be a part of any of these. Wayne, there's two that you can't be a part of. Yeah, and the other one's a pisser, too. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But Road Warrior One, All right, so it, it never got its uh, day in Pantheon Council. All right, so I want to change that if, if it wins again. It's going to go up exclusively against Fury Road. All right, I think that'll be fun. Um, Another one is the Terminator Marathon. We had every Terminator movie um, in there. T2 won. Genesis didn't win? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) T2 won. I believe it was pretty close, though, if I remember right. I mean, Terminator One, Terminator Two. So I want to put, I just want to take all the shit movies and put just those two new voices at <laughs> the table. See if T two can win again, yeah. or if T one's going to yes. come out on top. Um, Universal Monster Two Way. I'm right? out on that one. Yeah, you're out on that one. Invisible Man One, but it won by such a landslide. <laughs> all but right. He, he
2: decided. Now he decides to put Creature from the Black Lagoon in there. That. Because oh. well, because yeah,
0: because that's one of Wayne's favorites. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, but we didn't do that in the marathon. And because I know, it wasn't part of the DVD and I know, back. Yeah, and I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we did shit back in the day. <laughs> it was
2: I, was. I even remember I was talking to him on the phone because he was like, hey, you want to be a part of this? I said, yeah. And I said, hey... <laughs> Why can't we do Creature from the Black Lagoon? That's kind of a big hitter in there. He said, well, we would, but I bought this five-pack at Walmart, yeah. and it's not in there. The <laughs> Universal Monster, yeah. So we
0: were young. But... You son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, we've Fair been... enough. we <laughs> <laughs> we've figured shit out since then, so um, mostly. <laughs> we're still getting there, but we've came a long way. Yes. Uh, so I think Creature from the Black Lagoon, that's not... That might happen. It's definitely Invisible Man against something, okay? Yeah. I know Invisible Man is you know, a lot it higher was. It was on a the landslide. It was. Yeah. But it's uh, Invisible man's higher on the critic scale, which we kind of go by to pair ah, it against you. something. And I think it's like 20 or 30 off of, um, <laughs> black Lagoon. So maybe we can find something better and we might even take something. Yeah. Uh, we, we might look like at shape of water
1: this year. Yeah. It's supposed to be pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll so, yeah. uh, well,
0: yeah, we'll see, um, what That's we can do. Serious there. Hope for that one. <laughs> and then the other one that I want to talk about, there's a couple that I'm leaving <laughs> off. Um, not because of my, my, uh, own desire to, but one is, um, Olympus has fallen. Uh, fallen versus oh you know, Versus White House down. White House down one. But I don't think anyone gives a shit. No. To, I'm gonna to have th- the flu during that one. I can't do that. Exactly. one. I, I, I'm gonna be having the flu too. I think. Okay, we need to put White House down against what? Mm-hmm. Fucking you know, um Geostorm. <laughs> I don't. You know, who gives a fuck? fuck? Okay, so we're not gonna do that. The last one I would like to do sometime uh, this year, hopefully, is the James. Uh, we had a James Bond marathon. Goldeneye won. Which surprised the fuck out of me. That yeah, does me yeah. too. <laughs> we had some heavy hitters in there, yeah. all right? So um, I want to take it yeah, and I want to put it up against Goldeneye. Goldfinger. Okay, mm. Goldeneye, Goldfinger, mm. Golden Eye, Goldfinger, Golden Two Way. <laughs> Sounds golden, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> Put a lot of thought into that one, huh? Brad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: That's
2: so so cool. I put
0: it up against, oh, this one's got gold in the title too. <laughs> I oh, I'm, right. sure
2: I'm sitting here at the table right now. <laughs> oh, I'm so
0: fucking clever. <laughs> <laughs> So those are just a few that I would <laughs> like to do. You guys you guys like that, though? Sounds, yeah, great, yeah, bringing yeah, those, sounds those really Bringing Those in. old yeah. Yeah. Those films deserve their day. Yeah, what, is did. there any there that you think sound interesting for you? The uh, the Universal Monster
1: one would be really good, especially if we, you know, find a, a comparable thing to put up against uh, Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: What about you? Is there any there that sound good I mean, to you? I am
3: definitely up for the Terminator one because I have both of those anyway, so it okay. wouldn't be a problem watching those, and I'm definitely up to... Is
0: anybody it. excited about the uh, Road Warrior Fear Row because neither one of us can be yeah, part of <laughs> <part laughs> <in> that one? We definitely did a whole
3: fucking team for that one, so...
0: Um, So, Cousin Wayne, tell me about the Western Marathon, all right? The Western Marathon was two years ago. Um, Who (laughs) participated, what film won, and what films trailed behind?
2: Well, all right. Uh, The the Western Marathon was done by you, uh, Josh, and Nathan. And uh, the six movies you guys did, they all sounded like great movies. (laughs) The Searchers, (laughs) Magnificent Seven, Unforgiven, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Once uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, and Tombstone.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a and heavy fucking. Yeah, was, list. Those yeah.
2: are some
1: big names. You know,
2: yeah. Even if you love them, hate them, whatever. Those oh. are some serious
1: fucking. Those are like top ten. Yeah, yeah it a- really <laughs> is. It's
2: great choices. Uh, uh, let's see here, the ones that came out on top. The top three were uh, "Once Upon a Time in the West" that really just dominated, and then uh, how followed, many did it have? Uh, it had twenty two votes. Okay, huh. and then number two spot was Tombstone with eleven. And the number three spot was the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly with ten.
0: Okay. Keep those scores handy because at got the them. end, I want to see... Oh, which... we even got
2: each of your individual scores for the okay. three movies we're doing. Tonight. Awesome.
0: I want to see how I'm you guys, uh, how they compare... Mm-hmm. Because cool we're, we're running the same categories you guys ran then. Yes, I'm glad you exactly brought that up because it. that's something we've kind of changed, you know. Um, so we're we using the exact same template, and we had what is it, 21 this time?
2: Yeah, yeah. 21.
0: Usually we try to keep it uh, tight, 20. But you, uh, like the one question it. I
2: did have is, uh, I, know, I know what the fuck doesn't count as award, but does worst movie count? Do we
0: award? didn't have what the fuck? Did we? You didn't. You didn't. Huh. Have, you did have a what the fuck? In yeah, there. you did. Okay. You did. Okay.
1: Good. I'm just making sure because I. I has been two years Don't ago. Fuck me, Brad. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> did you just say? Did your what the fuck count as a point back
0: then? Ooh, that's a good call. That, we'll have to, a we might have to count one of those uh, groups up and see if it did or not. Okay. I can't remember. That's yeah, because we did change some versus rules. Yeah, you know, and marathon rules. So yeah, good call. I um, thought I'd
2: bring this up to you at the last minute. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what. I, I tell you what. I thought I wouldn't bring it up earlier. <laughs> just
0: talk about it now on microphone. Just a tweak. I tell you, what, I, 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 I tell you what. As of right now, uh, we will leave uh, WTF just like it we always do, unless. Okay. It's really close. Unless it's a deciding point. Yeah. and Then we will go back and we'll find out exactly how that episode was yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Sounds, Sounds good? Sounds good plan. Sure. Sounds okay. good plan. Um, So, how do these films stack up against each other?
2: All right. I'll uh, start out with Tombstone. Uh, came out in 1993. Uh, directed by George Cosmatos. I am horrible at pronouncing names, people. If you've listened to this before, you know by now. If not, surprise, I suck at pronunciation. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and also... Uh, Uncredited though, it was uh, also directed by Kevin Jare. Uh, stars Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, and Sam Elliott. The IMDb rating of seven point eight. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score of seventy three percent. Next, Once Upon a Time in the West uh, came out in nineteen sixty eight. Directed by Sergio Leone, starring Henry Fiona. Fonda, shut <laughs> <Jacques laughs> Kyle, Charles Bronson, and God help me, Claudia Cardineo. Cardinale. <laughs> Cardinale. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Italians. And the IMDb rating <laughs> of eight points. without Rotten tomatoes of ninety-eight percent. And then uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly came out in nineteen sixty-six. Again directed by Sergio Leone. Leone. Leone, starring <laughs> Clint Eastwood, uh, Eli Walk, and Lee Van Cleef. I get all right, awesome. Yeah. I'm
0: good <laughs> for once. I IMD- am hard to fuck up Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> oh, I find a way. I have no doubt. Lee Van Cleef? Well, <laughs> Lee Le Van Cleef? What? I'm trying to get all fancy with it. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Van Cleef? <laughs> no, he's oh. American. You don't have to <laughs> it up.
2: He is no shit. Okay. <laughs> I figured he was French. <laughs> <laughs> Damn French. I am rating of 8.9 and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 97%. All
0: right. Some
2: big hitters there, rating wise.
0: I get to sit back here and just enjoy and geek out on this episode. I'm really excited because I don't know where this is going to go tonight. Um, And then hopefully I get to watch a Pantheon nomination. I don't know what to think about this. And it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool just to sit back for once. So you guys want to start with Best Location? Once you guys start with Best Location, I am out. Get the fuck out of here, Fred. I'm not saying another fucking word until this is fucking wrapped up and shut off. Best Location, you ready?
2: I'm ready. Let's do it, bro. Kick us off. All right. uh, Number one, my Best Location. Uh, Just say a runner-up it um, <clears throat> was Once Upon a Time in the West, the train station at the beginning. Mm. I, I loved it. It was just so abandoned and, and out there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. Such an authentic look, really. But uh, my award went to uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly uh, Sad Hill Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Such a fucking awesome... I mean, just just the immense size of it. You can tell how much work went into it. You know what I mean? The was show wasn't CGI. Mm-hmm. They had CGI stones everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw all these hundreds of stones, names carved in them, some serious work went into it. Mm-hmm. And you can tell.
1: Yeah, they built it. It's still there. Is I it really? Mean, yeah, like, a lot... Like oh, it's, no shit. And then it's, like, kind of run down and stuff oh, now, yeah. but, like, like they built all that shit by hand, and, like, that place is... You can still go there and, like, still see the big
3: circle where they had the duel and everything. That's a
2: fucking road trip, man. <laughs>
3: okay. So, I almost went with Sad Hilt Cemetery, because I know that was popular in the previous marathon. Well, you were almost right then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, also, I did go with the Good, Bad, and the Ugly, but I went with the Union Camp by the bridge. Oh, um, right on. Nice. It just shows a really good context of where the characters are at, uh, because the civil war is happening around them. Um, I like the landscape, the bridge itself, uh, the events that happened there. You have the bridge explosion. You have... Um, Blondie and Tico talking underneath the the bridge beforehand. You have the meeting with the alcoholic Union captain. Um, And of course you have the battle between the Union and Confederate troops. It's just... It looks great, um, important stuff happens there, and it just really imp- stuck with me, uh, even after the scene was over, so that's why I give it my best location. That's a great choice, man. Hey, um,
1: Wayne, you and I were the exact opposite. I almost went to Sad no Cemetery, shit. but I ended up going with the train station, and it was part of time in the West. Okay. Um, great minds, it, great minds. And it's, and it's, there's not a whole lot to the train station. It is, it, it's, it's so there's simple. It's really not. It's <laughs> very simplistic, but it's very open, Mm -hmm. it's very, it's desolate. Like, why is there a fucking train station where this is? There's (laughs) nothing around it. Uh Um, Which, you know, with the plot of the movie is the exact opposite of how you think a train station fucking works. Um, But this place is, it sets up who our are, our are, are hero harmonica like mm-hmm. in just the most beautiful <laughs> way, with that train just rolling away. They're like, oh, nobody even got off on this fucking, and, just, there fuck he it. Is. and then he's just standing there, mm-hmm. like, and just fucking the world is behind him, and yeah. there's not not a fucking sign of plant life or anything behind him and it's just that beautiful open expansiveness like exactly, Harmonica's yeah. alone in this world and he's coming yeah. for you. It's so
2: simple looking and the scene itself is really important and relevant to the rest of the movie. Oh yeah. Right? What happens
3: there it's yeah. fucking great. And that train conductor guy was pretty fun too. He's, yeah like, he was. I feel I've seen that guy in movies from like 1900 all the way up to last year. I'm pretty
1: sure he's like 300 years old by this point. I don't know fucking clue he is but I've seen that guy in like a million movies. He's like one of the Mortals of Hollywood, you know. Right. All right, Wayne.
2: Best saloon. All right, best saloon. Uh, the runner-up was uh another one that uh, won the award was uh Tombstone. Mm -hmm. Really, just a great. It it looks so. Hate to use the word hoity toity, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's how it looked. It looked like a fancier place that you would go to. You know, be like going to Red Lobster today, I guess, if you want to call that. (laughs) Mm That's hoity toity. (laughs) It is to me, dude. (laughs) Fuck, I ate at Wendy's before I came here. (laughs) Shit, that's hoity-toity. <laughs> you know it did? It looked like the fancier, uh, maybe they would, uh, you know, put on their best dresses and suits and so forth and go to the mm-hmm. saloon. Mm-hmm. But my award did go to uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, and I honestly I couldn't find the name of the saloon, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a general store, too, but it's where uh, Cheyenne first meets Harmonica Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is, it's such a, the whole town is kind of run down and mm-hmm. stuff, and the saloon showed it, and it was such a great place. Mm-hmm. It also looked like a general store, too.
0: Yeah.
2: But it 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 was just so... Again, it was like the train station. You know, simple, Mm -hmm. authentic. It's like a
1: one-stop shop kind of place. Exactly. This is the only place in town is where everybody's coming for Mm
2: -hmm. everything. This is where I can buy my rope, my flour, my sugar, and oh yeah, I can get shit-faced here too.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Great place. Right. I mean, that is a good saloon uh, because it does have a cool look to it, but I had to go with the Oriental and Tombstone. Um, it's, It's like a great place to hang out. Good smokes, good liquor, good entertainment. Um the bartender seems like a great guy and also mainly because it's home to a lot of entertaining scenes in the movie like when uh wider throws out johnny tyler and of course the really entertaining doc holiday cup twirling versus johnny ringo's gun twirling that's just a really funny scene that caught me off guard and uh it's just also the great clientele i mean everyone's hanging out there um, Mingling—it's—it's it's where everyone wants wants to be after whatever there is they're doing, just like the, a key hangout place. So I had to give it best saloon for that reason. Right. Absolutely, and I'm gonna fall suit with that. I really love the Oriental. It's mm-hmm. this big,
1: beautiful spot in this movie um, where a lot of important shit's going on. Like you said, I love yeah. the scene between Doc Holliday and Johnny Ringo where they're doing the gun twirling yeah. and he just does the yeah. same shit with the fucking cup. Yeah. Is so That's fucking hilarious. great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's, this, it's this area where you feel like everyone goes to, good or bad, and like mm-hmm. like you might have your tips and stuff inside, but everyone knows the rules when they're in right, the, the, right. the saloon. Like, hey, well, we, Kurt Russell will yeah, bitch slap yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, fucking... <laughs> watch his face Billy Bob Thornton comes in mm. makes a mess of it and he right. learns this fucking lesson real mm. fast that you don't fuck around in the saloon um, and yeah that that's Tombstone's like best location by by far and it's the best saloon at all three of these
2: mm. uh, next up uh, best cowboy this to me what was the, I mean there's such great characters in all three of these films but by far my favorite was uh, Once Upon a Time in the West mm. Cheyenne right. You Ooh. cannot okay. get such a better anti-hero mm. as this guy. Mm. Uh, such great lines. Mm. Uh, just he, And he's everywhere in the movie. I mean, he's mm. just all over the place, interacts with everybody. And, and there are times when you feel like he might be the good guy, and there are times like, oh my God, that guy's a prick. Mm. Yeah. And he's just all over right. the board, and I was just fascinated with his character. I loved it. True.
3: All right, so I also went with Once Upon a Time in the West, but I went with Harmonica uh his trademark musical instrument gives him so much character i mean you hear in the score throughout the film and just that's a creepy score really i mean it is uh but it's a cool one too um he's a cagey guy you know there's something mysterious about him he's like laid back but he also seems intimidating so it's just that mixture of motion that just somehow works for his character um he's a good protector of Jill not not letting especially the moment when he's doesn't let everyone else buy her property. He suddenly comes in and says five thousand dollars. so that's that was a really <laughs> cool moving moment uh, showed what kind of guy he is. Um, like I said he's just a, such a study in contradictions. He's the tough but he's also can be soft when he wants to be. Um, he, and in the end of course I mean' we're, you have to I kind of feel like I have to give away what happens to him just to, because it so much informed his character why he wants revenge on Frank mm-hmm. and um, and then you can go back and watch the film to, to kind of through fresh eyes because you know what what exactly motivates Uh, this guy. We gave a spoiler alert, so. Yeah, Yeah, you appreciate him being so calm through the movie, too. And you're like, man, how do you not fucking just stab Uh, that dude in the throat the minute you see him? I'd have been
1: like, I'm cool, I'm Oh,
2: fuck it. Bam, you
3: know? (laughs) And that's also what I was talking about the study of contradiction. He's a calm guy, but you know, he can can be menacing when he wants to be. Um, And without any spoilers, when he finally gets revenge on Frank, uh, his parting shot is just a thing of beauty if you see Mm -hmm. it. It's just so great and so poetic. So that's why I have to go with him for Best Cowboy. All right,
1: man. I was I was really close to going harmonica on this one, um, but when I think of a cowboy, I think of Clint Eastwood as Blondie. Yes, I, True. I he's just More that. It's performers. that iconic look, mm-hmm. and I mean, we'll get to best dress later. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert: He's gonna win that one too okay. for me. Yeah. But <clears throat> it's a lot, a lot. It's a lot in that that look, and there's something about. The way he's got that cigar in his mouth, mm-hmm. and the way he wears his hat, and, and, the, and way the way he speaks, the way he speaks, mm-hmm. which is very, very yeah. little. Like, yeah. I mean, Harmonica doesn't talk a whole lot, but mm-hmm. like, it feels more poignant when when uh, Blondie's actually speaking because mm-hmm. he, he 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 like systematically uses as few words as he possibly can <laughs> to get whatever he needs out mm-hmm. to get out, mm-hmm. um, and he's he just looks. It's just so natural with a fucking gun in his hand. Like mm-hmm. harmonica looks sometimes yeah. like he's usually got the harmonica. So when he pulls the mm-hmm. gun out, it's not always you know, it's not always the thing that looks like it should be there. But like with Blondie, when he pulls that gun out, like that fucking belongs in his hand. Mm-hmm. That's that's a fucking cowboy. That's yeah. a guy. When you see him on the horse at the end, pointing at Tuco's rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, oh <laughs> True. man, that's mm-hmm. that's fucking it's pristine. Sure. I love it. So Blondie. Mm-hmm. All right. Good call.
2: Uh, next award uh, is the best duo Uh, my my runner up was uh, Once Upon a Time in the West uh, Harmonica and Cheyenne Mm -hmm. the way those guys played off of each other was just brilliant I mean there were some funny scenes Mm -hmm. and serious moments Mm -hmm. and I think they just did great together But my award definitely went to uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Blondie and Tuco. Mm. I could have watched a TV series called The Adventures of Blondie and Tuco and would have just been happy with every episode. Mm. Those guys were great. I mean, they were best friends. They're at each other's throats, Mm. so forth. I could have watched so much more of just these guys. That's how much I loved them.
3: All right. I definitely also went with Blondie and Tuco. They seem like polar opposites, (laughs) but they're just so compelling as well. Mm -hmm. They give as well as they get. Um, I, I found it interesting, very interesting that's a relationship built prim- primarily on greed, but you, <laughs> you get the sense that they actually, if they don't care for each other, they definitely have some sort of feelings for each other, and they're together because they don't really have any other alternatives, um, because the other guy um, doesn't, uh, he's he's the definitely the Black Hat character, uh, Lee Blaine and Cleve's character, his name's escaping me now. Angel Eyes. Angel Eyes, right. Mm-hmm um so and they they're definitely a good comic duo as well the humorous movements between them are just uh so funny it just it just plays i mean it's serious but it just plays so comedic as well um yeah they have fun with each other and just a beautiful thing to watch so that's why i have to go with them for us duo well we got a clean sweep here yeah i'm um, going nice. and tuco <laughs>
1: um they really are like just really fun to watch on yeah. screen like, like comic book characters you know <laughs> they, they, they are fucking wonderful they are batman and robin like uh, yes they they have this weird chemistry with each mm-hmm. other i mean even mm-hmm. though blondie doesn't talk to him a whole lot like right. there's so much going on like mm-hmm. tuco is a very mouthy sort of <laughs> individual <laughs> uh-uh. and uh <clears throat> which he's fucking great eli wallach yes, is fucking yes, great yes. this movie. um There's, and you said, like, their relationship is built off greed, Mm. and, like, (laughs) like, they try to kill each other multiple times, but, like... Out of greed. (laughs) Ultimately, like, you know, and I love that, you know, Blondie gets the best of him at the end, like, Mm. stealing the bullets out of his gun before the the Mm -hmm. showdown, Mm -hmm. and, like tying him up and mm-hmm. making him dig and like mm-hmm. shooting him down but like, he still, give him but he share, still gives him his half like <laughs> yeah. because you know what i wouldn't have been here without you and you wouldn't have been here without me yeah, so yeah. we're still gonna be so fuck off we're, and good luck we, we're, we're not cool but <laughs> we're we're going our own way yeah. right now yeah i like it
2: all right uh best dressed uh hands down good the bad and the ugly blondie yeah. you do not get more authentic than that like you said uh even just the accessories, like you said, the cigar and so forth, you can tell this guy was just born to be a cowboy. I could have easily believed that Clint Eastwood was a bad bad-ass motherfucker cowboy mm-hmm. back in the day. He mm-hmm. reincarnated. I mean, you just don't, you don't get any
3: more iconic than his look
2: mm-hmm. And it.
3: <laughs> yeah. I almost want that Just because he does look so good With his poncho But the more I thought about it I decided to go with Jill McBain In Once Upon a Time in the West uh, She just knows just what to wear For every occasion Whether it be mourning her husband Or you're arriving in the town To meet her husband And Um or even when she's just wearing a towel. She looks great in that as well. I don't <laughs> I'll go ahead. with that. Really Best towel on. wearer <laughs> um, But I do have to point out her first outfit she wears, because not only does she look good in it, but it's really important to the story, because without knowing that she's wearing the straw hat, we wouldn't know who she is, because it's mm. not like we know her name ahead of time. We just know that she's getting off a train. And so, of course, yes, the camera does focus on her, so we know she must be pretty important, but the straw hat tips it off, so... I thought that was really nice as well. and uh, But overall, that's why I give her best dress.
1: Nice.
3: Yeah. Uh, I already said it. It's, it's Blondie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did almost go Doc Holliday, because Doc
1: Holiday has a really fucking cool look to him, too. Um, but it's Blondie. It's the poncho, the cowboy hat, mm-hmm. the five mm-hmm. o'clock shadow, mm-hmm. the cigar, mm-hmm. the jeans, tall, lanky. He's a fucking, like, yes. he's he's mm-hmm. your, I've strolled into town, I take what I want, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fair about it, but... Don't if I want it, it, I'm gonna get it. No, I don't have to. I, just... I don't have to say a word to you, and you know I'm a fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Eat blondie Wins. I, yeah. I it doesn't have to be explained.
2: Uh, next up, uh, best villain award. Uh, again, a runner up. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Angel eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy. He, you know, one of the first moments you see him, he walks into this guy's house, sits down, mm-hmm. starts eating his food, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, "So, tell me about uh, Carson." <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and the guy's just like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then he, and then he's like, I, I've got some money put away here. He's like, okay, oh, get, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, right, he, he shoots this guy, yeah. shoots his kid, yeah, exactly. <laughs> goes back uh, to the guy that hired him mm-hmm. and says like, oh, well, here's the news I have to give you. And, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, mm-hmm. he gave me money. I yeah. took it, and as you know, I always finish the job, yeah. shoots him, mm-hmm. and then uses that information <laughs> mm-hmm. to try and fuck everybody over. I mean, what right. a brilliant villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I had to go, and I think this was the award winner in the marathon, too, Frank. That man is, in Once Upon a uh, Time mm-hmm. in the West, brilliantly evil. I mean, this guy is just evil. To, Angel Eyes, you feel like you can maybe, if it's in his terms, mm-hmm. you can negotiate with him. You can get yeah. somewhere, you know, he's, mm-hmm. will listen to reason. Uh, Frank is just a fucking sociopath, you know, mm. hell bent on destruction. Yeah. You get that feeling even if you fuck him over a little bit, mm. he'll he doesn't care, mm. you know, just to just to cause chaos and destruction and just such a great. I mean, just like I said, just pure evil.
3: You can just see it in his eyes too. I love mm. it. Yeah, so I also do want to say that Angel eyes is how Angel Eyes is code. Um, leads him to kill his former boss because he's just following the rules. so it doesn't matter who, who dies as a result of that so i did mm-hmm. like that yeah. uh, but i also have to go with frank and once upon a time in the west uh, He shows no mercy he enjoys killing people and watching them suffer which is the really nasty part about it i mean mm-hmm. he, he just takes so much pleasure in it <laughs> um he also has no qualms about killing his his business partner as well speaking of which um and just uh, watching him suffer because, uh, yeah, he's he's not going to let anything get in his way in order for him to achieve his goal. Yeah, he likes torturing handicapped people. I mean, yeah. it's just... A... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and we see that uh, at the beginning and at the end uh, with him killing the <laughs> McBain family uh, just in order to, get, to have a better chance of acquiring the land. But uh, killing Harmonica's brother uh, has to take the cake um it's just there's no even rhyme or reason behind it i mean the other times he kills it's because of greed and because there's there's at least a purpose behind it but killing her brother we have no reason why he does it he just does it anyway and he takes just as much pleasure from it so that's why i have to go from frank in uh once upon a time in the west nice we have another clean sweep because i'm also going frank (laughs) Mm -hmm. um
1: when Peter Fonda showed up to set, he came with a mustache and brown contact lenses in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sergio Leone looked at him and goes, No, I hired you because you look like Henry Fonda <laughs> mm-hmm. And so they made him shave the mustache and had the blue eyes and that's Yeah. That's not like Henry Fonda didn't play villains. Like he mm-hmm. just has yeah. this gentle look yeah. to him. He does. Which is mm-hmm. why it's so ominous when he's yeah. playing a bad guy. Because you don't right, expect then. that if you don't yeah. if you don't know Henry Fonda's in this like you're just like yeah. you see Henry Fonda and you're like Oh, I'll be goddamn. Well a bunch of yeah. bunch of good people just got shot and now Henry Fonda's standing there with a gun. This isn't adding <laughs> up.
3: I just also I just also want to say just his casual approach to villainy because of how laid back he is. Mm-hmm. I yes. mean when he can be. He can be vicious when he can be wants to be, but he's also just like so laid back, especially when he's in uh when in Morton's office mm-hmm. just talking about he wants to plan all this awful shit, but you know, he gives no thought about it. It's yeah. like he's just talking business. And 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 he kills a lot of people in this
1: movie, but the only people that he kills are unarmed people. Mm-hmm.
3: Huh, which
1: yeah. is really fucked up. Because yes. when there are people that are armed, he sends off his men to go uh, do it. Yeah. I, I'm uh, gonna go
2: take a shit. Uh-huh. No, nope, I'm not uh-huh. dealing with that. Uh-huh. Like,
1: oh, you don't have a gun? I'll fuck you up right now. And he's <laughs> he's a good shot. He shoots the guy's suspenders and belt <laughs> buckles off. <laughs> but he's <laughs> like, not gonna take any fucking chances yeah, either. <laughs> but he's not taking chances. Like... Uh, he's And then, we you know, we really, mm. like, it starts off like he's just kind of this henchman at first. And he slowly starts to build to being this, the boss. I mean, he kills the boss. Or watches him <laughs> die in a puddle. And, like, you know he wants him dead. Mm. And uh, he's he's just a greedy, worthless motherfucker. Mm. Like, God, he's yes. so awful. Yeah. And then the last scene, you know, when you see him get shot and there's that beautiful intertwining between that and, and Harmonica's past where mm. he... he has Harmonica's brother on oh, his shoulders yeah. and mm-hmm. in a noose and mm-hmm. he shoves the harmonica in Harmonica's mouth mm-hmm. and like you're gonna be the reason your brother died. Yeah, I'm nah, gonna pin this mm-hmm. on you. You're, you're it's, young, it's you to understand? your fault. It. Stand yeah. there as long as you can but yeah. you're eventually gonna give out and you're, his death's gonna be on your fucking shoulders mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Frank is fucking evil. Frank.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, uh, next up, Ward. Uh, best gunfight and again, this was a easy one for me I thought. Uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Sad Hill Cemetery fight. Mm. My God, that was drawn out in the perfect amount of time. It wasn't over too quick. They didn't draw it out too long. And the way they did it, you know, you hear me here. And then come to find out, Tuco didn't even have any goddamn bullets.
1: Mm, yeah.
2: <laughs> how, just so beautiful. Like uh, I said, before the fight, how it was set up, what went on, and the things you found out afterwards, it just made the whole scene beautiful. Uh, a lot of good gunfights in, in all three films, but to me this was just... Easily superior to the others.
3: All right. So, if I may, I, I'm going to make this a tie. Okay. Ooh. So, I, I, just they just came, came so close to me. I was I was leaning more towards one and the other, but I just couldn't. So, for their first one is the Mexican Standoff by the Sad Hill Cemetery and the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. It's tense. It's for all the marbles. Just the way they stare at each other. Mm-hmm. You know bad shit's going to go down. And this is it, too. I mean, they've got, you know, yeah. they know where
2: everything is. This is mm-hmm. for, yeah, everything.
3: I also like how it ends with we find out that uh, Blondie stole Tuco's bullet, and just the line he says to him, uh, you see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend, those with loaded guns and those who dig. It's just a great uh, message to give, <laughs> um, and just hilarious as well. Now you forgot the most important part when he says,
1: you dig. Yes. <laughs> Throw the yes. fucking shovel <laughs> yep. I got the bullets. <laughs> uh, so then uh, the,
3: for the second one, I had to go with the final showdown between Harmonica and Frank and Once Upon a Time in mm-hmm. the West. Just the build-up to it, how they're sizing each other up. The, the grand music is playing in the background. Um, and then, of course, like you said, we get the cutaway to the um, Frank killing Harmonica's brother. And just in the end of it, where Harmonica puts her Harmonica in Frank's mouth, how beautiful that is. Um, it's uh, just great. I do have to give it a special shout-out to uh, the first gunfight between... White Earp's Posse and the Cowboys in Tombstone, just because it was a proper shootout. Bullets are flying. You know, don't know who's going to die at any moment. And it was uh, a nice, intense scene. So. All
1: right. <clears throat> um,
3: I do think the Sad Hill Cemetery
1: gunfight is, is phenomenal. Hmm. But I'm thinking of the word gunfight, and I want, like, Lots of fucking bullets mm-hmm. flying, right. and that's why I'm going with OK Corral and Tombstone. Yes. Um, when they're just going off, and it's got one yeah. of my one of my favorite kills. Uh, it's when the guy like hides behind the horse, and Doc shoots the shotgun <laughs> in the air to yeah. scare the horse, and then shoots the dude. <laughs> <laughs> fucking great. But like, it's just all out blood and yeah. guts, and everyone's getting shot, and like important characters are getting fucking hit with bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really like kind of the uh, like a turning point in Tombstone where shit's like, oh shit's starting to get pretty yeah. fucking real. Like people are mm-hmm. starting to. Get get shot. So, uh, that's why I go with OK Corral cuz cuz the amount of fucking bullets that are actually flying in that scene.
2: Yeah. All right. Best kill. Uh once upon a time in the west, uh seeing harmonica get his revenge on Frank. Hmm. You know, cuz his character was so evil hmm. and watching him get shot. Yeah, I really felt like, you know, it wasn't the the bloodiest or the most hmm. action-filled or anything, but just the emotion going through it, and, and the reason behind Harmonica Man killing him, mm. knowing he's waited all this time, trained for this, done the whole harmonica thing, even mm. just for this, you know, I really felt like, wow, you know, what I mean, he's he know he's got to feel a hell of a lot fucking better, yeah. and I felt like you know this evil vile man is done, right. you know, and I I loved like I loved him as a villain, but watching his character die, I really that that Lynch Man, you know, part of, part of me I guess yeah. was just like, yes. You know what I mean? This this is awesome. This was meant to be. Everything came together. You know, all these years, and just that one shot.
3: Yeah, I mean, you said it before, Kyle. But uh Frank setting up Harmonica to kill his own brother by having Frank's by having Harmonica's brother in a noose because Frank knew that Harmonica's legs were going to give out and he was going to fall. And just the filming of that scene as well, just how you see slow motion, Harmonica falls to the ground, and uh, the brother gets hung by the noose. It's just, it's beautiful, but ghastly all at the same time. It's just a really creative death, and that's why I had to give it Best Kill.
2: Nice.
3: I also went with Once Upon a Time in the West, but I didn't go with like a poignant
1: kill. Mm. <laughs> I went with a cool fucking kill. Yeah. And it's when Cheyenne's got the gun in the boot yes, hanging yes, off the train. Yes. 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 Yeah. And the guy thinks, oh, his foot's hanging off. So he walks up to the boot. And, and then Cheyenne hell. shoots through yes. his own fucking boot right into the dude's eye. Yes. Fucking great. <laughs> that
3: was beautiful. That was one of my runner-ups for sure. I mean, there's so many great kills in that movie. Stuff tough to choose one, but... Just I, I rewound one, it, it a little bit, man, when it. that happened. I'm like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Fucking great kill. It he just great.
2: shot into the fucking boot, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Number nine. Oh, uh, what the fuck award? What, yes, the, what fuck? the fuck? Again, this one was easy. For, uh, Tombstone, right? Kurt Russell uh, walks out in the middle of this huge gunfight. When finally something does happen in the movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like slow mo, just starts chilling. No, no, no. Just watching him do that, I'm like, oh my god, who who, who let the handicap person into this gunfight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did. It's almost like he just. I I don't know. It, he just looked so I not a huge Kurt Russell fan, but I don't really have any hate for him either. But at that moment, I'm like, that has got to be some of the worst acting, worst screenwriting, just worst everything I have ever seen in my goddamn life. And I have watched some seriously fucked up stupid shit. And, and even, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, one of the cowboys, was, and the look on his face was like, and they were standing like like 10 feet apart. You know, I was like, who the fuck do you think you are, Rambo? But he's, the like, look on his face, his eyes were real big, and it was just such a, I was like, oh, what the fuck? I, again, another scene I had to rewind but not for good reasons. <laughs> but did I really just see this most god of? Oh god, yeah, I did.
3: So I uh, I want to point out a couple runner ups. Uh, second runner up, uh, Blondie attempting to drink water from Tuco's foot bath in *The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly*. Like <laughs> that was pretty yeah, nasty. <laughs> Blondie is so desperate for water that he's even willing to drink dirty water. Pretty nasty. Uh, first runner up how doc holiday looks progressively worse throughout the film like when i first saw him just walking around sweating i feel this guy shouldn't even be walking around let alone around killing bad guys he looks like practically a zombie it's just it was just so weird to me um uh, but the winner has to be the casual sexism between um uh, cheyenne and jill McBain in the good <laughs> in once Pine and once Upon a dime in the west Dude,
1: that's, that's a real fucking weird relationship yeah. yes <laughs> I, you're such a whore yeah, i have to read those
3: quotes in full just because they give you such a good idea good idea of how messed up this is uh you know jill you remind me of my mother she was the biggest whore in alameda and the finest woman that ever lived <laughs> whoever my father was for an hour or for a month he must have been a happy man And then uh, later on, (laughs) can't imagine how happy it makes to see a woman like you just to look at her. And if one of them should uh, pat you behind, just make believe it's nothing. They earned it. It's just such same sexism. (laughs) It delights them. He seems to have no regard for Jill's feelings. I mean, he does redeem himself (laughs) later on. when you at least make coffee? (laughs) Yeah. He does redeem himself a little bit later on with that where, you know, he pats her behind. And he says, uh, make believe it's nothing, but he just says it in a different tone. Like, it, like he wants Jill to forget about him. Like, make believe it's nothing because I'm out of here, I'm out of your life, and f- just forget about me. But prior to that, yeah, he's just a, he's just a really sexist pig. So I had to <laughs> give that my number one, what the fuck. Well, alright, um, mine is also from Once Upon a
1: Time, but it's um, a background story. Um, so, in the opening scene, there are the three cowboys, you got, uh, I can't remember any of the names, Snakey, mm-hmm. well, there's the, the other white dude, Snakey, the other white dude. And, in real life, this dude was pretty fucked up, like, he was a serious alcoholic, and while they were filming the movie, he, like, stumbled home drunk, one night, still in costume, like, walked, walked by all the producers and everything, went up to his room, and he was staying like a floor or two above Leone's room, and he jumped off the roof and killed himself. Oh. And during during Man. the filming of this movie, and like, n- now that's not the biggest what the fuck part. Which you, <laughs> you you would think that would be the biggest what the fuck part is this dude killed himself during filming. But no, the biggest what the fuck is that. Leone wasn't so much concerned about the actor as he was the costume. Oh, man. And made them get the costume off of him before he went to the hospital. Oh, That's awesome. Which is pretty fucked up. Yes. Because they knew they weren't done filming those scenes and they would have to put that costume on somebody else. Oh, That's how little man. of a fuck Sergio Leone cared about this dude. Let's <laughs> Take that drunk
2: fuck's underwear off. We need his clothes. I swear to God, officer, he jumped naked from the fucking window. <laughs> That's a tight budget. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Document days pay for sleeping on the job. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> uh, best score soundtrack. Uh, Runner-up was uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, harmonica plays that, that tune. And it, it, it's, almost, it's almost something you would hear in a horror movie almost. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just such a creepy, easy, two tone you note. Know, like, every time I'd hear it, it, was like, oh, God. It I'm never, just...
1: never starts on him. So when it, like, starts, mm-hmm. you're just always like, oh, here comes, like, soundtrack stuff. And then it comes to him, you're like, oh, yeah, someone's actually playing. I mean, that they, on exactly. Screen. That, that <laughs> was the reason why I
2: didn't win. But I had to give it to the good, the bad, and the ugly that, you know, mm-hmm. is just so mm-hmm. fucking legendary. Uh huh. It does not get any better than that. I, I could listen to that all, the, and then there were some other uh, small pieces of music throughout the film. It was mainly that, but it, it is when you hear that sound, you automatically think of you know the old west. It puts these scenes in your head mm. of an old uh, dusty saloon and some tumbleweed blowing across the uh, the road or what have you, uh, horse shit in the middle of the road. You know, <laughs> you just get everything in your head because uh-huh. of that simple tune.
3: Okay, so I actually had to go with a second tie for this one. Uh, Whoa. Inio Morricone and the Good and the Bad and the Ugly, uh, definitely because, like I said, the iconic main theme. I also like the farewell music <coughs> that was playing as the train leaves the station. Uh, the nerving music during the desert journey, when they're walking through the desert. Uh, and also, uh, speaking of the hill Cemetery, that operatic haunting m- uh-huh. m- music that plays uh-huh. while, yeah, <laughs> while uh, Tuco runs through looking for yes. the grave. It's just so beautiful. Um, but also, I have to give it just once upon a time in the West, just because how well it uses character to inform the score with the constant playing of the harmonica, uh, the sweeping orchestral music that accompanies Jill's arrival, uh, the the grand music that accompanies the final showdown. It's, it's it was just all great. I couldn't really choose between them, so I gave it a tie.
1: Th- I think one of my favorites um, in, in in that is just just harmonica theme. Yeah, it's so great. yeah it's great. it is. Um, but when I think of westerns. I'm thinking of this, and everyone else does too. Yes. Yep. Yeah, right there. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. That's iconic. I mean, iconic. Yeah. I mean that's, you, you, yeah. you can't you can't think of anything else. Like, and and there's a reason. It's mm-hmm. it's so fucking good, and mm-hmm. it sets sets the tone. And that song is is used a lot in the movie, but it's changed up almost every time that they do it, which mm-hmm. is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Marconi is a goddamn genius when right. it comes to to yes. scores. Like, we all talk about John Williams and Hans Zimmer and Danny mm-hmm. Elfman. Like, those are the names that people yeah. know, but like. Marconi's in that fucking list of people, and yeah. it doesn't get talked about enough. True. Um, good and bad, the ugly just fucking crushed it in mm. that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, next up is best quote. Uh, my uh, runner-up, and Matt already covered this okay. one. <laughs> <laughs> What's up on a time? Uh, Cheyenne's uh, talking to Jill. You know, Jill, you remind me of mm. my mother. She was yeah. the biggest whore of Alameda and the finest woman that ever lived. <laughs> <left>. uh, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty cool quote but anyway uh, what one uh was also uh once upon a time in the west was from frank how can you trust a man who wears both a belt and suspenders (laughs) man even can't trust his own pants i don't know why i was like that's so fucking great you
3: know there's gotta be some truth to that too you know (laughs) so there were just so many great quotes from once upon a time in the west i had trouble choosing but i ultimately went with um morton to frank uh, as Morton places money on his desk while Frank holds a gun on him in Once Upon a Time in the West, you see, Frank, there are many kinds of weapons, and this is the only and the only one that can stop that is this. It's just a, just a beautiful statement about the power of money to cure many of the world's problems. Um, but I also think it's a big fuck you to Frank because saying, "Okay, Frank, you might intimidate you me. You might think you're a badass. You might think you're in charge. But as long as I have this money, I'm in control." And that's one of the few times there really is in control. It, like, uh, Morton really goes downhill from there, as we see. But it was just a, a bold statement um, for both reasons uh, the power of money and the power of Frank. So that's why it gets the best quote. To me, a good line in a Western is a line. That is spoken with
1: such badassery <laughs> that you understand that someone is a badass just through their words. They don't need their guns. They don't need to give you a look. They just need to use their words. And no movie does this better, maybe in history, than Once Upon a Time in the West. And it's Harmonica's opening lines. And it's he's there against the three guys and he's looking at him. Yes, I know. He <laughs> And Frank? And they go, Frank sent us. Did you bring a horse for me? Because there's three horses behind him. Did you bring a horse for me? Well, looks like we're shy of one horse. <laughs> and he just slowly shakes his head and goes, You brought two too many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's so, so, that, so fucking bad. You're yeah. facing three men with guns pointed that, at you. That's a typical Charles Bronson yeah. statement, yeah, too. Yeah. Three men with, a gu- with guns pointed at you, yeah. and you're just like, Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill all three of you. Like, <laughs> yeah. There are two horses that are just gonna go to total fucking. Waste here. <laughs> like no, nothing yeah. is more badass than than Charles Bronson yeah. saying, "You brought two too, too honey." Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, best screenplay. Uh, honestly, I went with the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Uh, this was almost a tie for me for Once Upon mm-hmm. a Time in the West, mm-hmm. almost. But uh, the Good, the is such. Not only is it just a western, but it's also a you know a treasure hunt. Yes. type movie you know you have all these characters you know in, in different stages and, and you almost have the, the kind of good kind of bad guy tuco you got the bad guy angel eyes you've got well, similarly the good guy mm-hmm. blondie and they're after this vast vast treasure buried somewhere you know one guy knows the name one guy knows the cemetery mm-hmm. and you've got one other guy who might be a little smarter than the two of them at least he comes off that way who's got a little more power than they do trying to get it to and just to see the three of them race to get this gold and the little adventures that follow and between point a and point b is just fucking amazing this i honestly it's one of the best written not not just westerns but just movies in general in history uh there's so much to it so much depth so many like so just so many little mini adventures Mm -hmm. to get to the main Mm -hmm. point And, and the ending is even perfect. You don't get many perfect endings. Usually there's... Mm-hmm. You know, like you can say, oh, the beginning of the movie was awful, but the rest of it was great. Or, oh, the beginning was great, and then the ending kind of sucked. No, this mm-hmm. was just well-written from start to finish, and that's why I gave it to Good, the Bad, and the Ugly.
3: That's a really good choice, uh, but I had to go with uh, Sergio Donate and Sergio Leone for Once Upon a Time in the West. I thought, at, at many... Sometimes all at once, it was funny, somber, wise, and haunting. Sometimes it was all in this one scene, which is just... Really impressive to pull off. Uh, it's full of many rich, well drawn characters, uh, a great plot. Um, Frank, Harmonica, and Shan are battling over a very valuable piece of land because it has water and because probably of the amount of land there is. Um, it might hold the key to the future of the West because land was so important at that time. You held land, it was more important than money. Um, and therefore, because it was so, the West, it was like the key to. America itself at that time. Uh-huh. Um, at the on top of that, you have Cheyenne fighting to clear his tarnished name after Frank besmirches it um, when he kills the McBain family. Um, you have Hermanica fighting an attempt to attempt to, re- to get revenge for his brother's death, which we've gone over in detail. And then you have Jill fighting to honor the memory of her dead husband by <clears throat> building a station. Uh, with her husband's land, um, she's so committed to that. She's not gonna give up, um, no matter who stands in her way. Not, not even
1: knowing the, the the plan that he had set forth. Like she was just building it for his honor.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, and then last, you have Frank doing everything in his power to get the land and eliminate all the obstacles in his way. So you have all these stories coming together, and they're just have great motivation behind them, and. Uh, I just don't think the stakes get much higher than that, especially, I mean, the the one about uh, just uh, the expansion of the West alone would have been nice, but to have all this other stuff on top of it, it just makes a great screenplay, so that's why it gets my pick. Nice. Um, I'm going with The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. Um, I think there,
1: it, and it really comes down to the last, like, 15 minutes. That movie yeah. ties up mm-hmm. a lot of stuff so well mm-hmm. with just three people, with a good guy, a bad guy, and an ugly guy, yeah, and they do it in a real quick amount of time too. <laughs> they, right? they do, but it, it, it's actually a lot longer than you think too. It's it's like it's yeah. it's it's a weird it's weirdly paced, like in a good way uh, mm. where like it feels so long and that standoff like feels like it takes an hour, but like yeah. it's just a few minutes and then like mm. Tuko running around the the cemetery and then that that. Will is he gonna kill Tuco? Like, what's gonna happen here at the end? Like, you're really struggling to know what Blondie's gonna do. Um, and you you really don't know what way this story is gonna go uh, in this Mexican shootout, um, and that's that's a that's a big part of it. Um, I also I think the dialogue is really great through most of it. Um, I think it does drag a little bit with the little Civil War stuff and the bridge. Uh, Because it's like a three-hour-long fucking movie, and Mm -hmm. that's not totally necessary. (laughs) But um, it's it's really well put together, and there's a great just story at the front and the back uh, that really tie it all together. Right on. Uh, Where the hell are we? Okay, cinematography. (laughs) Best
2: cinematography. Uh, All in all, I, I, I wish we could. This is one of those only, only verses I've ever had to do where I wish there had been more than two ties. This was a bitch, well. but a lot of fun. Uh, ultimately, it went to the good, the bad, and the ugly.
3: Okay.
2: I mean, like I, said, I honestly don't know where they shot this at, but it's almost mm-hmm. like he, you know, Sergio put these guys in the shit, so mm-hmm. to speak. He's like, okay, we're going to go out in the middle of the fucking desert, 120 degrees, and we're going to shoot this fucker. You know, it did, It just to me, it just looked, I mean, like I said, uh, Once Upon a Time looked great. Uh, e- even Moments in Tombstone, I'll, I'll give credit where it's due, looked great. But, again, like, start to finish, there was not one bad look no, at all no. to the good the bad the mm-hmm. ugly uh just beautifully
3: shot beautiful locations I had to go with that i came so close to giving it to the good the good bad, the bad and the ugly as well just because it looks so great but i had to go with uh tonino Delli Samson same cinematographer for once upon a time in the west uh great close-ups throughout and i also want to talk about four specific types of shots uh first one being uh well, for, for, for the guys I go. Go first one being the length of shot. So you have the when um, when Frank comes to massacre the McBain family, and you see Marine McBain just standing there, just because of the, how the how long she stands there, you know something's bad's gonna happen. And then you have the birds flying out of the brush, same thing. Uh, the use of uh, lighting, uh, how uh, Frank's face is in shadow, it really makes him a lot more menacing and just. The amount of shadow works really well. That was great. Um, the uh, framing of shots, like when uh, when Frank's attempting to rape Jill, I mean, it could have been a lot tighter shot, and yes, that would have made it look uh, much more creepy. But just pulling back to actually see uh, what he's doing to her makes it work as well. And we also get that later on where it closes, gets a close up as she's like undoing her corset or some of like that. Uh, but then, uh, what's what was the last one? Oh, the, definitely yeah, the, tr- the tracking shot. So, when Jill first enters the town, you have that that tr- the first person POV tracking shot, uh, and you see her going down the road. You see the townspeople going about their business. It's just like a happy shot. But then, soon after that, you have the tracking shot where you see the dead McBain family, and it's much slower. It's much more somber. And just how you can link those two you're telling a story through the cinematography. So I just thought that was really beautiful as well. So for all that and more, I have to go for Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh,
1: Yeah, uh, this one was close uh, between The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly and Once Upon a Time in the West for me. Um, I'm going to go with the latter on it with Once Upon a Time in the West. I think Tombstone just loses it for me because there's a shot. When uh, Tuco's running around the cemetery and it just starts spinning really fucking fast, Mm, yeah, like it makes me like nauseous Mm. watching that shit, and it's like that is such a terrible fucking choice uh, Mm. that it it really throws that off for me. Mm. Uh, But once time in the West, you've got an, an incredible opening scene where everything is so just like just widely shot and like Mm -hmm. it shows you how desolate this area it is which is telling this beautiful story with almost no words other than the the old train station Uh conductor dude at the beginning and the too many horses yeah (laughs) and then there are so many close-ups telling Mm -hmm. you a story through expressions like Mm -hmm. you either see harmonica in a shadow or really fucking close and tight through most of this movie and like it, it charles bronson like just has these these weird eyes. Like, you know, Henry Fonda's got these beautiful, gorgeous blue eyes and they show up a lot. They they do a lot of close-ups on Frank, too. But Charles Bronson, not, you know, the most handsome man, but he does have these really alluring, like, yellowish-brown eyes that, like, bring off, like, a sincere, sincereness, but, like, also kind of a badassness to him. And it's, it's really beautiful to, like, keep bringing yourself in close to him to exude that sort of persona like without without him ever having to say anything you could you can tell from that that first shot when he he, the the train pulls away and it's just him standing there it's wide and you see nothing and then it goes in close to his face before he starts talking Mm -hmm. and he just gives that a few little looks like he just you see his eyes just slowly move and he's noticing all three men standing there it's it it's doesn't get much fucking better than that.
3: I also do want to add something I just thought up. Even when it's it's this isn't an important shot, but like when you see the uh, when the fly is in, um, in the in the gunman's gun at the very yeah. beginning of that scene, just how well it's filmed. Like you get suspense out of that, even though you wouldn't think yeah. that you would. You could get suspense out of something like that. It's just like a really beautiful shot there too. So yeah. yeah, pretty
2: cool. Uh, next award, uh, best supporting, uh. You might say that he, you know, he wasn't just a support. Uh, mine went to Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, Jason Robards, Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Some might say he was the actual star, but I looked on mm-hmm. IMDb and his name was way down the list of the mm-hmm. others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do it. But uh, I, I loved his character and how he portrayed him. Like I said, you, you just never know really where he's coming from or where he's going to go. He's very witty, charming, and just kind of gruesome all at the same time. It's, it's such a, a mix of uh scenes and acting you're getting from
3: this guy and I thought he pulled it off really really well Yeah, uh, so I went with uh, Once Upon a Time in the West and just like <clears throat> you said uh, I've read that Henry Fonda was considered a lead for this film but I felt he was more supporting as well so I go with Henry Fonda as Frank right. in Once Upon a Time in the West uh, as I mentioned earlier Henry Fonda plays Frank as a cavalier dirty looking scumbag uh, it works brilliantly <laughs> there well you wouldn't think it would but it just does he looks like a bomb, but he's, he's a bum who can kill you um, his line delivery is just perfect, especially keep your loving brother happy. That's just such a great <laughs> line delivery. You don't know where he's going with that until you finally see um, Frank's, uh, Harmonica's brother about to be killed. And you know, okay, that's not a happy line. That's a fucked up line. Uh, he just has a, she's just chilling and vile. The casual portrayal, as I mentioned before, just great. Um, He can be intimidating when he wants to be, but also really laid back, like I mentioned. Um just a compelling dichotomy because you can't you're not really sure how dangerous frank is throughout the film until he really does pull some nasty shit so and henry fonda does a really good job of portraying that so that's why i had to give him the best supporting actor
1: i'm really surprised by this one because i honestly thought val kilmer would fucking crush this i thought this would be a sweep. honestly uh val kilmer gives one of the best supporting actor performances i in in recent fucking memory to me. Um, him as Doc Holliday is incredible. It's one thing uh, that definitely stands out about Tombstone. Like, the man says, you know, I'm your Huckleberry three times, and he says it different and beautiful in every mm-hmm. single fucking way, and it means something so different every time he says it. There's something, like, he's just, he's, you know, uh, succumbing to tuberculosis, and you can, like, see it not just not just because of makeup, but because of the performance mm-hmm. that he's putting forward. Right. And even when he you feel like he's on his deathbed... When he goes up against Johnny Ringo, you're like, "Fuck, Johnny Ringo's fucked here." <laughs> like, I don't, I don't yeah. care. Like, he could be like sure. on the ground, like right. He could have looked like me yesterday in bed, fucking mm. sweating out and shitting everywhere, <laughs> and like you'd be like, "Oh, he's gonna fucking kill Johnny Ringo." Like, there's something so amazing about what Val Kilmer's doing in that performance, and uh, I, it, yeah, it, it's him by landslide. As, as much as I love Henry Fonda and, and Eli Wallach and 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 everything that was going on in the other two movies, like. Al Kilmer no question
2: whatever floats your boat uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. good acting yeah. <laughs>
1: I think uh, whoever uh, gave him his southern
2: accent lessons he needs to get his money back <laughs> he's aristocratic <laughs> mm. oh shit oh yeah best actress uh, I think this one might be a sweep mm. uh, once upon a time in the west Claudia Cardinale yes. <laughs> yeah got it mm. uh, she just did beautiful I mean, so not 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 just a, a physically beautiful woman, but I mean, her acting was superb. Uh, every every emotion was just you could it was just so genuine, you know. And not very often was a, a female a lead in these older westerns, especially mm. a female. You know, usually it was your typical damsel in distress, oh help me, help me. She was a very very strong female character who was like, look, he's dead, but you know what? I'm gonna do this fucking train thing anyway. And she did. I mean, she just persevered over all this hardship, and she just did great doing it.
3: I definitely I have to go with Claudia Cardinale as Jill McBain and in Once Upon a Time in the West. What really struck me was how she was feminine but tough at the same time. Mm-hmm. She did not she did not compromise on that. Uh, she showed strength and grace while mourning her husband's death, poise yet fierce determination while listening to the auction of her husband's land. Uh, she's defiant against threats to her life or violations of her body. Uh, she uses words as weapons, estimating ladylike while telling men that they can't take advantage of her um she, she also carries her body well which i really noticed she's like confident but you know poised and just uh it really worked well for her character and looked great um her fierce glare can intimidate men while her softer gaze can welcome them in and she balanced that really well um so yeah definitely for all those points i give her best actress. I do have to want to mention, at least, Dana Delaney as Josephine Marcus in Tombstone, because it was a fun character. A mm. uh, woman who wants to travel the world world and enjoy room service. Uh, unconventional lady that really stood out. And her, her, um dialogue and interaction with uh, White Earp is really fun as well. So,
1: yeah,
3: uh, You know, between three movies,
1: there's like five actresses, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and most of them are prostitutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> I love westerns. Uh, Claudia Cardinale like basically just just takes it, um, just by default. Honestly, <laughs> Fair not enough. that it's a, not that it's a bad performance by her at all. It's not. Yeah. It's just uh, <laughs> it's always. Leone movies are a little awkward to watch because they are this combination of American, Mexican, and Italian films and <laughs> actors as well mm. thrown in and crew mm. and so. Like, you know, especially in Good and Bad, the Ugly, like, the three main actors speak English, and nobody else in that movie speaks English. Mm-hmm. And so it's just everyone dubbed over. Mm-hmm. And, like, hers is the most glaring, like, dub over in all these movies. But, uh, she's, you know, fucking gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> That's a, like, she's, right. She's
1: good looking. <laughs> good enough, huh? well, she's got a nice set of boobs. Yeah. So you win. <laughs> she yeah. was in the movie a
2: lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you spoke English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You win
0: <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, best Actor. Um uh, Once upon a time in the West, uh Henry Fonda is Frank. Um so I'm so used to you know seeing him in these good guy roles. Exactly. You know, he he always plays a very pleasant, you know, happy go lucky, snipping your fingers, singing a tune kind of guy. And then all of a sudden he plays the most evil son of a bitch I think I've ever seen and he did it beautifully. I, I loved it. Every move he made, like even the look at his I don't know how he did it, but even like the way he looks I was like, my God. You know, he went from this so nice guy to just evil. Hmm. You know, and that's such dedicated
3: acting. I, I loved him. Yeah, very good pick. Like I said, it went with him as supporting actor. A uh, little <laughs> flip-flop, yeah, but we got it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, to I had to go with Eli Wallach as Tuco in The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. I mean, um, Blondie seems more like the lead, but the more I thought about it, it really was Tuco's story. We see him earlier on. He's like in one of the earlier shots, he's in the later shots. He's His, top build. Yeah. And uh, his pursuit of the loot is what drives the story. Um, And, yeah. Uh, Also, just the way he made me sympathize for, like, a scumbag. You're supposed to hate this guy, but you end up liking him just because of Mm -hmm. how he seems so sympathetic. I couldn't take my eyes off him. Um, I believe that he wasn't as bad as people say he is because uh, Tuco was so convinced about that and Eli Wallach was convincing performing that. Uh, Funny delivery, line delivery for jokes Intense delivery of his impassioned plea or arguments Like when he's trying to get the information out of um, Carson Uh, How he really wants that information about where the loot is at And then later on when he's trying to get He's begging Blondie to survive just so he can get the loot But you know, you feel that there's more to it Just than wanting the money Just because how impassioned he is um, and I really like the standout argument with his brother where he's saying you left the family and I had to be be alone with them and I had the tougher job being being abandoned bandit just like he showed his humanity in this scene He's not just a greedy scumbag. He's a guy who has deep demons and he's still able to persevere beyond that mm-hmm. and uh, Yeah, and uh, also the last scene in the noose um he's a he's a man who's out to commit crimes but his conviction is so strong that i want to see him succeed and that's all because of eli Wallach's performance so i just thought it was great awesome yeah.
1: uh, i'm going the good and bad legally, but i'm going clint eastwood okay um when you think cowboys, who do you think? John you think Wayne. No. <laughs> but if you can't think John Wayne, you think Clint <laughs> yeah, Eastwood. Yeah. It's almost um, like a, he's like the,
2: the anti-hero cowboy, whereas John Wayne was the he really he's good the guy. he's the
1: I'm gonna ride in carrying the American flag on a horse. Yeah. And yeah. Clint Eastwood's the guy who's like just up against the bar, like when you walk into the saloon. I'm gonna rob
2: the bank, kill a few people,
1: and you're gonna like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know this was his third turn playing Blondie in in mm-hmm. these movies. Um. And it it didn't will really, it really waver? He he got better with each turnout. I feel, um, and and he's he does this you know he's he's labeled as the good in this movie, mm-hmm, yeah. And you see it all the way through. But you yeah. you kind of he does this you know have this like it, it, this movie is about greed. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. clearly like he's out to get a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You know. Yeah. Um, but you still like believe he's gonna stick to his word, mm-hmm. and uh, he does this great job of, of playing off the in so smart as well too. Like not only is is it written smart and the character is smart, but like you totally believe it. You know, even mm-hmm. with the the cigar hanging out of his mouth and just the the way he looks, like where he just looks like a nonchalant badass. Like you can mm-hmm. tell, like there's some intelligence hidden under that ten gallon hat too.
2: Just his mm-hmm. presence alone, really. Yeah, and and, and, yeah. and
1: and. As much as you know, we like to think that acting all comes from you know words and, and movement stuff. Sometimes it's the exact opposite. It's not mm-hmm. talking and it's just yeah. standing still and just giving that presence. And mm-hmm. and Clint Eastwood certainly has a fucking presence when it comes to playing Blondie. Yeah, yeah that's for damn sure.
2: Um, next up, uh, best scene. <clears throat> uh, my runner up was in *The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly*, and it was uh, at the end. It's just Blondie and Tuco. Tuco is barely hanging on this noose. Clint Eastwood rides off, and you think. Well, he's just going to, you know, you think he's going to slip, mm-hmm. hang himself, but then you see Blondie turn around, mm-hmm. shoots the, the, the noose, sets him free, and last thing, Tuco yells out, Blondie, you mm-hmm. son of a... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that scene, because I was like, you know what, that just proves mm-hmm. he's not the bad guy. You know what I mean? Because you always kind of wonder, if he really had a chance to kill Tuco, I mean, this like, now that he doesn't no longer need him even, would he do it? You find out. The answer and I love that scene. It's so great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they slowly set up his humanity. <laughs> they like, do. It, like, you know, he let the captain's dying, and he knows that dude just loves fucking alcohol, so he lets him take a nip before he, he's going to oh, yeah. die. For that kid, they find him in the building dying, and he, like, lets him take a couple bucks exactly. off his cigarette. He's mm. such a
2: great guy, but it yeah. kind of... Uh, oh yeah, well, My word went to uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. I loved this scene. Uh, the train's moving along, right, and some shit's just about to go down. And you kind of look out the window of this moving train, and there's Cheyenne hanging upside down. Mm -hmm. The guy just kind of looks, and then there's a huge gunfight. Cheyenne's in the train. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, A few people die. All, all the bad people you know his men and also when you hear the fucking toilet flush and cheyenne goes out the window <laughs> hit, <laughs> a fucking, that scene is so brilliant it's so funny so action-packed it's just i've never seen anything like that you know he comes on a train kicks some ass and flushes the toilet and leaves <laughs> it's just fucking brilliant i love it i love all the way right. it was shot you know you didn't actually see him do it but you see like the the toilet handle come up and you
3: know he put his foot on there and <laughs> hopped off it was great all right <laughs> So my best scene is, uh, I mentioned it earlier, but Blondie and Tuco under the bridge in The Good and the Bad and Ugly. They're sharing their knowledge about the loot location. It's suspenseful and funny all at the same time, just how they, they're going back and forth, how they're looking at each other, and uh, just how they're desperately hanging on to each other's words about where the loot is, and really uh, wanting to know about it. And it just, it's really well encapsulates the relationship between Blondie and Tuco as well. It's a pivotal scene to the plot. Great to listen to and watch. And uh, that's why it gets my best scene. It's just a really fun scene, a really important scene. Uh, For me, it goes to the good, the bad, the ugly, but it's Sad Hill Cemetery Uh shootout. Yeah. And a lot of it
1: has to do with the way that it's shot. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, so pulled back and you see this big circle and you see Mm -hmm. these three men, like, understanding, like, Shit's about to go down between us, like, we're going to play this cordially. You know, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're men that <laughs> understand the rules to a shootout. And, like, any of them could pull a gun on each other at any moment, but they take their time. They all get their space. They're all so and strategic. Yeah, very strategic. They're all, you know, feeling each other out. Like, you know, there's three of us. Two of us could shoot the same person. Mm-hmm. And we got, you know, I mean, like, and, and it's, it's so gorgeous all the way down to... When uh, Blondie shoots Angel Eyes, he falls and rolls over into an open grave. which <laughs> is so fucking That's beautiful, <laughs> yes. it's so gorgeous, mm. and and then just the way that you know uh, Tuco is like fucking with his gun, like, "Oh shit, what mm. is going on? Why can't I shoot? Oh, fuck you fuck know? me, Blondie." <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, that that scene is is really and then you know Blondie walks up and he picks up the rock and he's like, "Yeah, there's no name underneath it because <laughs> I was career. gonna win." Yeah, was, he's, he's <laughs> like. Yeah, like yeah. like, why did they trust him? He, he could. <laughs> yeah. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> he <laughs> could have written?
2: your name here, and nobody yeah, would have known it. <laughs>
1: this is a fucking rock, yeah. dumbass. Yeah.
3: Uh, you lose. Yeah. Uh, before we go any further, I do. I just remembered. Uh, when the you first see um the grave, that's where the loot's supposed to be buried, Arch Stanton. Yeah, Arch Stanton. States. You see the grave behind that that says unknown. And I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be funny if the loot was actually underneath <laughs> the unknown grave? And it was. And I think that's also a credit to the cinematography, uh, just because you see the grave, you figure, mm-hmm. oh, maybe that's important. It turns out to be. That's just kind of so a foreshadow. Hilarious. of What's the kind, yeah? It's but... just awesome. Uh, yeah.
2: All right. Uh, next up, uh, defining scene. Uh, this was a tie for me. Mm. Uh, Once upon a time in the West, uh, harmonica killing Frank. Yes. Like I said, just mm-hmm. justice done. Mm-hmm. You find it, you know his story, what he's there to do, and mm-hmm. he does it. Right. He waited all this time. Mm-hmm. You know the patience, uh, yeah. the train. I mean, he had to do some training too. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, I'm going to have to go through some shit to get this guy, and I need to train. Yeah. You know, it was almost like Batman. <laughs> mm-hmm. I and just like the amount of patience and and it was just so nice to see it all come through. I mean, I hate saying murder murder's a good thing, but let's face it, it kind of was in this instance. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just played out so well. And uh, also uh, the good and bad and the ugly. Uh, again, at the very end, uh, defined for me. What kind of character, again, Clint Eastwood was. You know, what kind of guy Blondie was. He could have shot Tuco. Hmm. Just left him there for dead. Or he could have just hung him, taken all the gold, whatever. But, you know, to him, no, he had his own code. You know, a deal's a deal, and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to cover my ass, of course. But this is how it's going to be done. And I, I think that said so much about how some of the, the gunslingers were back in that day. They weren't, I mean, yeah, things were, you know, bad and a lot of killings and stuff. But that's kind of what they had to do. But some of them still had their own code, their own morals, their own laws. And they turn out to be, you know, okay, decent people. And I think that's a prime example in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly.
3: I also went with The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, but I just went with the final shot of Tuco. He's about to call Blondie a dirty son of a bitch. It just, it's just so hilarious, so dramatic at the same time. It calls back the iconic score. It's just a perfect note to go on, out on, like I think you said. It's just a great ending. Um yeah cinematography and that is great acting everything just works as a moment and it's just it's just great so that's why it's my defining moment um you know defining moments are are
1: the things that, that stick with us when we watch these movies uh what you know defines this whole versus mm-hmm. that we did and to me it's marconi's score in the good the bad the ugly true that's good. um mm-hmm. it is not only Prevalent for this film, but just westerns in general. Right? It, it stayed ha- you know, all you these hear, years. You, right? you hear it so often, or mm-hmm. mimicked so often in in other westerns, and it's it's so great in this movie. Not just because the music is great, but it, mm-hmm. it really sets a tone and an uneasiness. Like especially during that standoff that I talked about, like when it's playing during that, like mm-hmm. there it's it's these close ups and these back offs and close ups, and it's like mm-hmm. it that music is just hitting all the points with it. Um, you know, and, and you can... and to carry it into Once Upon a Time in the West, which it's not getting the point for me, but that most of the music in that was just left over from The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. And they filmed scenes around the music because the music was so fucking good. Yeah. So there was music written for The Good and the Bad and the Ugly that was so fucking good that they still couldn't use it and made another fucking movie because that music
2: was so good. That's a good fucking score, man. Yeah,
1: <laughs> That's how good that music is. Mm. And that's why... Uh, the good, and the bad, and the ugly, and just Ennio Morricone in general is just fucking, yeah he is he deserves good, right? his own goddamn award
2: yeah. yeah he he's very underrated like said, mm-hmm. you mentioned it earlier here all these big names John Williams mm-hmm. and so forth but you don't hear him and he just deserves way more credit than he gets yeah. uh, next up uh, best director uh, I went with Sergio uh, the good the bad and the ugly again this is another one I would have tied with if I could have mm-hmm. but uh, it just I like god goddamn I don't even know where to begin just everything uh, the way he shot the scenes the camera work angles close-ups when they needed to be i mean just everything was just spot on you can tell he i I don't know much about it i'd love to read a bio about him but he had to have been a goddamn perfectionist Hmm. you know everything you know either that or just one lucky motherfucker who got everything right the first time (laughs) but i mean seriously just the way everything was written and
1: shot just stole a lot of shit from kurosawa
2: (laughs) (laughs) that could be it too (laughs) but if you're going to steal something from somebody that's the motherfucker to do it from that's that's perfectionist right Hmm. there
3: uh, I had to go with uh, Sergio Leone for Once Upon a Time in the West for all the reasons that I mentioned before. I gave it s- this film so many golden idols just because it earns them, I feel. Mm-hmm. Acting, cinematography, soundtrack, production design even. And there wasn't a category for this, but if if there was, I would even give it to sound editing. Like you have the cut from, I think it's the one of the cuts from this, from the buzzing insects to the horn the train horn blowing just such a beautifully edited um yeah just because of all the elements working well together I had to give him best director for that film um yeah I'm gonna echo that uh Sergio Leone for Once Upon (coughs) a Time in the West it's Leone's crowning
1: achievement in directing Mm -hmm. uh and it it goes back to just watch the first 10 minutes of Once Upon a Time in the West Mm -hmm. and you'll fucking know exactly why (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's winning this award and that, that scene is like there are some close-ups there are shadows there are open expansive worlds of just nothingness behind harmonica and it's it's so beautifully put together uh, it's it's a well-rounded cast that you know uh, Marconi somehow put together from all these different countries to you know make into a, a certain sort of gravitational pull of excellence it's it's a it's a crowning jewel in 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 western filmmaking nice uh
2: next award worst pick uh for me this is actually pretty easy uh i tombstone i i i there must be something in this movie i'm just not getting uh, I, I got a lot of fans on facebook uh won so many academy awards yada 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 and i'd seen it once before a long time ago i remember not caring for it so i popped it in i started watching it and my god I, i've never been so bored uh, there's so many things almost happen you know you, they're all getting together you think the fight's going to go down and then they just trash talk each other and leave and, and that happens three fourths of the way through this movie and when shit does hit the fan it's just a montage of quick events that are happening oh let's kill a bunch of people here oh let's kill a bunch of people here and then you have these two guys Samuel Kurt Russell who are, oh there's no way we'll never go into law enforcement again no no fucking way uh, Samuel let's see something almost almost happened to a little boy and Says, oh fuck I better do something Starts to do it. And then Kurt Russell uh, finds out, oh, he's going to be sheriff or whatever. Now, you could have had a story here where you got two brothers torn apart, but he's like, no, I'll never, what? You're going to do it? Oh, fucking, I might as well do it too. <laughs> and it's just, I, I just, I could not get into it. Uh, and again, Val Kilmer, I saw a lot of people love him. I, I love him usually, and I just, I could not find out what there was to love about this character. He had a lot of witty comments, and the part with the teacup was funny. And, you know, him laughing at his feet when he died, I thought that was a little funny. <laughs> but all in all, I just, didn't really see anything as character that was lovable or likable. And I just really bored
3: with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I also have to go with worst picture for tombstone. I just feel it pales pales in comparison to the Leone films. Um, the acting I did, I felt didn't have the gravitas that I was expecting, especially coming off of those other two films. Uh, Val Kilmer's performance. I thought was just kind of weird. I mean, I can see why you gave it uh, best supporting actor because I mean it's it's still a good a good performance but it just I just you know it just didn't connect with me at all. Um I do have to say one thing in its favor just the cast that they got for that. Like it was almost a who's who like yeah. Billy Bob Thornton and they even got Charlton Theron, Bi- <laughs> Billy Zane. Um yeah, just I mean it just goes on and on and uh of course you then you have Bill Paxton and and uh, yeah. Same uh, Elliot. Same Elliot. Powers yeah. Booth. Yeah. Powers Booth, et cetera. I forgot Michael he Bean. was even in that. Yeah. I love Powers Booth. Michael Bean, and Stephen Lang. So you have the yeah. James Cameron <laughs> 2 yeah. um, But, uh, yeah. And the, I did like the shootouts as well. Because there was a Western <laughs> that actually had true shootouts. Because I felt the Leone films were more just... Most of them were just standoffs. Yeah. There were some good shootouts in uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. But, uh, yeah. There, was a, there were a lot of shootouts in Tombstones. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just didn't feel it held its own against the other one, so it has to get worst picture. Yeah, uh, Tombstone's gonna get the worst picture for me too. Um, n- no surprise by the amount of
1: votes that it was getting, um, <laughs> but it, it's. It, I think it's. It it doesn't have the grit that I want in a western. Like right. it's too Hollywood produced looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't I don't I don't dislike Tombstone. I don't I don't like it. I don't love it. It's just kind of vanilla to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some great elements in it. There's some just really boring. Just what wasted like, potential. It, yeah, yeah, like I don't I don't need like the weird love story between you know Kurt Russell and mm-hmm. Watson Faye Daphne. Yeah, I mean it's more David convincing
3: Delaney. than the before well, his actual life. It was addicted a lot. <laughs> sure, <weird>. sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, and, and like like I said, I gave you know best supporting actor to Val Kilmer because I think he's the actual like thing that keeps me interested mm-hmm. in the movie. Is his performance alone is, is phenomenal. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's just not up to par for Westerns. It, it, the lighting is a little weird. The cameras are a little weird. I, I just, I want, I want grit. Like, I want, what Leonie. You want tone, a Western. Right? When I see Westerns, that's what I want. I want, you know, sepia tone shit. Like, that's, that's what I want. I want dust. I, you know. You don't well, want all I this get, glitz
2: no. and glamour I in the Western. I don't need that.
1: I, I don't need t- everyone t- looking <laughs> all prim and proper all the time. Everyone looks yes. like they're always taking a bath. Mm-hmm. That's not how yeah. it goes. And where was yeah. the rape scenes? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a western, <laughs> goddamn. Where's
0: my rape? Robbing <laughs> <laughs> and and, and raping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Rawhide>. <laughs>
2: All right, then, <laughs> Blazing Saddles would have been great in here. Uh, one thing I didn't get to, Adam. Uh, worst pick in uh, the original Mar- Marathon was Unforgiven. Am I the only one who loved that? Have you I guys seen it. it? You liked yeah, it, put it. A I a yeah.
0: uh,
1: like it probably a little bit more than Tombstone. Mm-hmm, maybe. Yeah. All right, I'll I'm take that. Openly <laughs> big fan of Unforgiven either. Mm-hmm.
2: Best pick. Uh, again, this was my second tie. Uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and Once Upon a Time in the West. These are the two best westerns I've ever seen in my entire life, uh, and I mean, two of the best movies oh, I've you ever seen. seen too. Man,
1: shot Liberty <laughs> <laughs> You should get on it. That, that
2: that that's a good one too. That would be that would be number three for me. It was really really good, but uh, these two, I mean, just so much. Oh man, just such great stories. You know, so much action. The problem I had with Man Who Shot Liberty Valance great story loved it just not a whole lot of action in there that was my only bitch but everything else about it was perfect though but these i mean they just had everything you know and and his directing skills actors everything about them were i I, I just could not decide so yeah that's why he's my second (laughs) tile.
3: yeah so for all the mentioned reasons i mentioned before best picture goes to once upon a time in the west uh when i was reading in wikipedia i saw that there's all these influences from all these other westerns that leone drew from but it still managed to seem like feel like its own thing so you don't really have to see those other westerns to get what this film is uh, about because it's a singular piece of art um it's uh you can definitely feel that leone was trying to make an ultimate western it has that weight to it he gets the absolute best from everything and it's just a really great movie so that's why i have to give it best picture
1: yeah and i'm gonna follow that sentiment What's upon time in the west is my best picture as well um acting directing screenplay music, like, the, there's nothing in What's Upon a Time in the Wet, like, as long as that movie is, that's close to three hours too. Yeah. um <laughs> But there's not a lot of fat in it. Like, with no. with The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, they're about a similar length but there are things in Good, The Bad, and The Ugly that are like, you yeah. could totally cut that
3: out and the movie would flow. There were some things they definitely better. could have
2: cut out of that, but you know what, I, I'd be okay, I'm okay with it yeah, that right. they didn't.
3: Like, for me, uh, if I may say, uh, Morton's per- performance as a character, he doesn't feel as central as some of the other characters, but his character arc is still really interesting. I think there's like a flashback of him in a room with these guys. I think he's, he's like staring at a picture, and he flashes back or something or other, but it's just really compelling. And of course, you have this whole relationship with uh, with Frank, and um, it's compelling stuff, it, even if it isn't vital to the, to the main plot. It just... It just works because it's uh, informed so much of the story, and um, yeah. So even the stuff that you might think is uh, extraneous just works really well. Right. Um,
1: and, and everything in this
3: movie like feels
1: authentic and it looks authentic and mm-hmm. it's it's really put yeah. well put together. It was like one of the most expensive movies made at the time. It was over a million dollar budget at the time, which was crazy. Um, <laughs> it, it's like, <clears throat> cold's really starting to get to me. And you can hear the nasaliness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, there, there's something really great about the, the story, how it flows, and, like, mysteries keep, like, popping up that you weren't even expecting to be mysteries. Like, you're mm-hmm. not even thinking, like, why does this guy own Sweetwater? Like, you, you're just like, oh, he's just some guy who just wanted to have a home out by himself with his yeah. new wife and kids, and it, like, turns out, like, oh, no, he's a fucking genius, and he's yeah. buying this really <laughs> inexpensive land, because he knows the train track's going to have to fucking come through there, and it's going to become really fucking expensive property <laughs> in a few years, because he's, he's going to with a fucking bank. <laughs> Uh, so he's, he's, like, it's so gorgeous, and then you get revealed at the end, you know, why Harmonica's got this, this hatred for Frank before he, you know, actually, before you even, yeah, you know, you're not sure, like, well, does he, does he hate Frank? Why does he hate Frank? Like, other than him just being kind of an asshole, oh, because he killed his fucking brother. <laughs> cool. While he stood on his shoulder. Yeah, and uh, you know Cheyenne's this uh, a great character that has this ambiguity where like he starts out as a bad guy, mm-hmm. and he flips flops back and forth a little bit, and you're really yeah. still not sure where he falls. Even towards really towards the end of the movie, I guess he kind of goes a good way, but he's still kind of a dick. <laughs> he's still like, yeah, let dudes touch your ass. Who cares. Um, <laughs> you deserve you, it. <laughs> yeah, they deserve to. They deserve to smack your ass. It mm-hmm. um, just once upon a time in the West, like I said, is is Leone's crowning jewel, and uh, it's it's one of the best made westerns of all time. All right, uh, that wraps it up for us uh, award wise. So I guess we are going to take a little break here. We're going to count up the uh, awards, and we will be back.
0: Oh, and we're back. Um,
1: so we've tabulated the results here uh, And we have a defended, Tabulated, that's a yeah, fancy word It's not, really <laughs> Sounds <laughs> just, fancy Just because you didn't get through second grade doesn't mean it's a fancy word Now, um, before we do that I'm going to read off the Facebook poll And a comment or two here for, from that uh, So, in last place With four votes Well, tied for last place with four votes Was once time of the West and the good, the bad, the ugly Tombstone kind of kinda kicked the shit out of everything With 15 votes, which if you were listening, it's not going to be the case tonight. I've um, of Tombstone. I'll vote for it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel,
2: muscle, like, t- I feel like, yeah. the way, like people were like,
0: I know what Tombstone <laughs> is. I grew yeah. up
2: in the 90s. Tombstone was in the 90s. Awesome movie. Um, <laughs> what's but-
0: the time of the West? shit movie? <laughs>
2: <This> <laughs> Who is the fuck's Charles
1: Bronson? <laughs> Sergio, sounds foreign. <laughs> this is uh, what Bill Wheat had to say. He said, I love Tombstone. It kept the Western alive. It is, however, Hollywood and very polished. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, along with its predecessors, changed the face of the genre before it. This third no-name film from the first shot is cinematic genius, and the three leads reveal in the char- in their characters. Uh, never before has a Wild West been so dirty and so real, so... You know, I love Tombstone, but he thinks Good, the Bad, the Ugly should have won. That was really the... Then Brad just commented a lot. No one cares about that motherfucker's (laughs) ideas. (laughs) Fuck him. (laughs) Um, But we've got ours, and ours was almost the exact opposite. Tombstone, uh, taking away points for Worst Picture, ended up with one total point in third place. (laughs) Um, And then uh, in second place, uh, with 24 votes, was the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. And our winner with 33 was uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Nice. So, Very nice. Wayne, how did our voting compare to the voting uh, the last time they did this? Uh,
2: Well, pretty much the same way. Uh, the total votes between uh, Brad, Josh, and Nathan for the three movies we've done. Uh, first place was Once Upon a Time in the West with 22 votes. And we
0: had 33 tonight?
2: 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, second pl- place was uh, The Good and the Bad and the Ugly with... Oh, I'm sorry. Second place was Tombstone.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: <laughs> with 11. <laughs> and uh, part three, or Jesus Christ, third place.
1: <laughs> Fuck part me. Three. <laughs> part <laughs> Letter C. I'm on cold medicine, so that's really funny to me. I don't know why. <laughs> uh,
2: the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly uh, with 10 points. So uh, Once yeah. Upon a Time uh, really dominated there, too.
1: Yeah. Well, guys, uh, it always comes down to one last thing here. Yeah at the round table at the end of a versus or a marathon we decide whether or not a film is going to go up to the council to decide whether or not it is pantheon worthy now the good the bad the ugly and the tombstone are not on the table tonight because they did not win the gold idol. only a film that matters tonight is once upon a time in the west So, Wayne, we're going to kick it off with you since you've been kicking off everything tonight. (laughs)
2: I say hell yes. Oh,
1: wow. Wow. Hell yes.
2: I I watched this movie three goddamn times. Wow. I I cannot get enough of it. That took like three days to watch all (laughs) (laughs) It's a long fucking movie. I had a few weeks.
3: I say hell yes as well. Oh, double I, hell I, Hell yeah, Matt. Yeah. I had more fun with The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. It's a much more entertaining film, but uh, it's clear that Once Upon a Time in the West is the better film. So much craft went into it. So much love went into it. It just has that feel of a Pantheon film. If The Good, the Bad, and Ugly in the Ugly is the great film, then because... Once upon a time in the West is just that much better, it has to be Pantheon for me. So that's why I have to give it a Pantheon nomination. Awesome. So it really comes down to me
1: now. Do I give it a yes? Do I give it a no? <laughs> do I be my usual dick self and just say no? <laughs> just to piss people off. Do I say yes? I think I'm gonna go with yes here. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. And and this film like it's it, here's the thing. Like to me, the man who shot liberty balance is the greatest western probably ever made. Um, but this is right behind it, and this is the best shot, and it, it's, it would go up there, uh, you know, we've got Yojimbo, which is, you know, a, a Eastern oh. version of, of a Western, um... And this fits in really comfortably with the Man of Shot Liberty Mm. Balance, and Yojimbo. And I would love to see it right there on the the mantle of Pantheon. You know, we could put it right in front of Fright Night so no one (laughs) has to see that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I think that, yes, it definitely needs to go up. So uh, our nine council members, three of us here. Mm Uh, Brad and a couple other people are going to have to watch this again and uh, decide whether or not it actually gets Here's in. Here's what I know. This going to be
2: like, you know what? I like Tombstone better, so I'm going to say no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the last Somebody marathon, will. Last Somebody marathon, will. <laughs> we had three people on the last marathon The last marathon that did this. Uh, they all overwhelmingly went once upon a time in the West. So, I mean, if you if you based it off <laughs> those three and us three, that's six already. So, it's it's that's got a bad. good shot of getting in. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that it will. I mean, because... That was two years ago? Who knows? Maybe, you know... People have
2: came and gone. Yeah, maybe Nathan sees it
1: in a different light now and he doesn't like it as much. Or maybe, you know... Maybe I, you know, watch it again a second time and I'm like, you know what? This really is too long. I've, I've, <laughs> I've done that. Where I've watched a movie after I've given it a yes and been like, you know what? I, I just don't see it. I don't know. But we will We'll will Well, everyone will get a couple weeks and then we will see whether or not it gets in with a two-thirds majority vote. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, that wraps up tonight, Wade. You want to tell us where they uh, can find you?
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh,
3: right here in the studio. <laughs> so, first off, I want to give my final thoughts on this. Uh, sure. These are the first. This is the first time I see I saw either of these films. I'm not a really big Western fan, so going into this, I thought maybe I'll like it, maybe I won't. But I just really enjoyed my time watching all of these films. I had a blast. Uh, so it was a great, great time for me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Goodreads, you can find me a lot of places, and I'm always at AV. Uh, and me, you can find me, Kyle Brown, on the Facebook group,
1: uh, or Movie Script Life, pretty much any other sort of social media type thing. Uh, you can find Adventures of Video Land everywhere on Facebook, that's where the conversation begins and ends. It's on Instagram, Twitter, Pornhub, I think, probably still. <laughs> uh <laughs> Just anywhere that you can find. Just type "adventures of video into Google, people. The shit will come up.
3: SoundCloud. Yeah, be sure make or listen to make this another SoundCloud kind of three seasons. We've had some really good ones lately. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Brad, be sure Brad's been doing a out. lot of interviews. And he's yeah, been killed. Yeah. It. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I really yeah. liked uh, the one with the Wing Wing director and uh, the Toys that Made Us. I'm really excited to watch that now because of that interview. So, uh, next time. till next time, my friends. Peace out.